Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in collaboration with friends of the podcast, The State of Vermont. As we are all aware by now, the hardening insurance market has really driven a lot of new interest in captives and we are already seeing this materialise in new formations around the world. So over the next 18 minutes, we are going to discuss what is actually happening on the ground in one of the largest captive domiciles in the world. And I'm delighted to say we'll be hearing from Dan Youngs, CFO of Luxwama, a solid waste management authority in Pennsylvania, which formed Sustainable Assurance Company, a captive in Vermont earlier this year. Steve Mickelhenny from Artex also joins to provide a broader perspective on the trends driving these formations. But first we hear from Sandy Bigglestone, Director of Captive Insurance with the State of Vermont's Department of Financial Regulation, who gives the lowdown on formation activity to date in 2021. Sandy, Vermont licensed 38 new captives in 2020, bringing its total number of active captives to 564 plus 25 dormant captives at the end of 2020. How does uh, this number of new licenses compare to previous years and and how has the first two months uh, of 2021 shaped up? Yes, Richard. um, We have been very busy here in Vermont. 38 new formations in 2020 represents one of the highest growth years since 2011. In 2002, Vermont became the world's third largest captive domicile in terms of number of captives licensed. At that time, we licensed a record 70 new captives and 77 in 2003. That was following the hard market that resulted from the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. We have also seen an increase in cell formations with about 60 approvals for new cells in 2020. We currently have over 300 active cells in Vermont. In 2021, we have already licensed 13 new captives and have applications in process in addition to expected applications in the near future, given the number of promising new business meetings we've had. Wow, I mean, thirteen new formations already in in twenty twenty one is is really impressive, Sandy. That that suggests to me, obviously, no guarantees, but that suggests to me that twenty twenty one will at least match twenty twenty to have that many already formed in the first couple months of the year. Of those new captives from from last year and the start of this year, Sandy, were there any kind of standout trends in terms of business sector or geography driving these new formations? Uh, I mean, one of the areas I picked out just from browsing down the licenses was I noticed there were three European-owned captives and an Australian-owned one formed in Vermont last year, which which caught my eye as being a little bit more kind of overseas business than usual. Of course, we think all of our captives are above average in terms of trends, mostly business driven by the hard market and all of the traditional commercial lines of coverage, property being one of the first to flood the captive marketplace here and still driving new formations today. The industry sectors represented by new captive owners are primarily widespread. The hard market is being felt by all types of organizations, as you know. You are correct that in terms of geography, we're attracting business from businesses across our borders. Word spreads fast when you factor in the reputation of a quality domicile into the value of a captive. So we are aiming to continue to attract new business uh, worldwide. And businesses that operate globally need solutions both here in the U.S. and worldwide. For 2021, I suppose I could highlight that we brought 
one of our original captives home after almost three years being in another domicile. So that may be an interesting point. And we celebrated a milestone license. Number 1,200 earlier this year, a captive sponsored by the Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority, which manages solid waste from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, uh, homes and businesses. What I will say is that's news to me regarding that captive, which was originally in, in Vermont, went away for three years and came back. I'm sure there's a story there somewhere for another day. So I'll be uh, giving you a call after this to find out a bit more about that because that, that sounds fascinating. But as you mentioned, uh, the 1200th uh, license issued in Vermont did go to uh, Lux Pharma, which is the, the acronym for the Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority. And I'm delighted to say that Dan Young's CFO of Lux Pharma uh, in Pennsylvania is with us now. Dan, welcome to the podcast. And, and could you provide perhaps a, a little bit of background on Lux Pharma as an organization? Certainly. And thank you, Richard, for the invite uh, to join today. Uh, first, I do want to say we are honored and excited to be part of a Vermont captive. And we really can't say enough about the support we received from the regulators there. So just hands down, it's been a fantastic experience uh, forming this captive. So look, the Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority, or as we call it, Luxwama, is a municipal authority operating in two counties in the state of Pennsylvania. The authority is ultimately responsible for the final processing and disposal of solid waste, such as your regular trash from your home or business, construction and demolition materials, and other residual waste. What makes the authority a bit unique is that in addition to operating what we would typically see, see here in the States, uh, a landfill and transfer stations, we own two waste to energy facilities. So these uh, power generation facilities offer many great sustainable benefits to our integrated system, as we call it, uh, such as generating renewable electricity, which we then sell back into the regional grid, the preservation of land as these facilities safely reduce waste at a 10 to 1 ratio. So 10 tons of trash uh, into our facilities with one ton of ash coming out certainly makes a positive impact on our footprint here in our dense population areas. And more recently, we also uh, expanded our uh, thermal energy offering to a neighboring soybean processing facility, which is then used in their directly in their processing system. So we've uncovered additional ways to really leverage this asset for the benefit of our community. And, you know, being in the heart of some of our uh, agricultural areas on the East Coast um, and, you know, directly supporting soybean processing does help our, our regional uh, agricultural businesses. In all, we manage nearly 1 million tons of solid waste each year. And of course, this is uh, providing an essential service for our communities. And what was it about your insurance program and changing risk financing strategy that made uh, this pure captive formation a suitable and, and correct option for yourselves? Great question. And so as early as 2017, we started to see the market harden in our space. But more recently in 2019 uh, is where we really started to feel the pressure, specifically in the power generation market segment. Capacity and pricing hardened literally seemed overnight. And so as we began sorting through a 2020 renewal that was extremely challenging, it became evident that we had to think outside of the box for a, a longer term solution, providing better stability, better coverage and pricing. So uh, we needed to create a solution that gave us 
better control, one that allowed for direct communication with underwriters to really showcase our best in class safety and operating standards. So, and that, that's where we always felt undervalued is our track record, our loss history is near stellar for our industry. And uh, we just felt we, we didn't have the connections we needed to really emphasize that. So with the help of Steve Meckelheine and the Artex team, a pure captive quickly rose as the solution to our to these challenges. Uh, this would provide us that those direct relationships, both domestic and foreign, uh, as well as allowing Luxwama to more closely manage our coverage and sublimits, and ultimately then obtain direct financial reward for the continuation of our stellar loss loss record. So uh, it really became the best of both worlds. The, the the most ideal solution. And of course, as we are a service to our community, long-term stability and, and financial uh, affordability is, is key for ongoing service. So this clearly was the solution uh, that would best serve our constituents for many years forward. Really good insight, Dan, in terms of how you came to that decision and the reasons why. We've luckily got Steve McElhinney on the line as well, which is fantastic. Steve, from from the outside, when you started working with, with Lux Pharma, what made them a a good candidate to form a captive, in, in your opinion? Yeah, we, we like to say uh, the formation of a captive is really a continuum of a, a risk control spectrum. So really, it's the most sophisticated level of uh, risk control. And certainly, Luxwama, uh, you know, would fit the bill as an organization in that regard. Uh, you know, they, they have a very uh, sound and long-term track record around loss control and uh, fire prevention, um, risk management generally. And, uh, you know, in, in fact, um, some of the reinsurers we spoke to in the process of the placement were very complimentary in that regard, that they stood out as a exceptional risk in, in a tough class of business. And so, you know, I think that's really one of the, the key uh, factors, I think, when you look at a captive formation is a better than average risk and a sometimes tougher than average class. And, uh, you know, definitely, um, uh, we also saw a, a top-down focus on uh, on best practices around risk. You know, throughout the engagement, uh, the board was uh, involved with the uh, C-suite of uh, Luxwama with getting updates. The formation process itself was uh, really a pleasure to work with uh, the team there. We had uh, calls every every week or two and uh, a project plan, and uh, it really had a lot of top-down support, and that carried through in terms of uh, meetings with reinsurers. We uh, Obviously, in the virtual environment of today, we had 20-plus reinsurance calls, reinsurer calls, and um, you know the um, CEO, uh, Dan, CFO, and the general counsel were involved in every one of them, and that's uh, just so valuable because um, the type of placement we're doing uh, with reinsurance for a captive, it's, it's it's much more focused than a general market submission, which is oftentimes handled by brokers dealing directly with markets and they're reaching out to dozens and dozens. And, and we're, we're taking much more of a rifle focus of um, focusing on those global reinsurers that are supportive of complex risk like this on a reinsurance basis. And, and also, uh, Luxwama was, um, they worked with us to engage a third-party engineering firm to really address some of the potential risk issues that would stand out with a reinsurer. And that, that was incredibly valuable in uh, having a successful placement as a result. You know, very much in keeping with an organization that uh, had been for a long time pursuing best practices and showing a, a willingness to retain risk. And now they have a formal vehicle to do that. And um, we're, we're very excited about this. What, what struck me as well from, from Dan's description, and Dan, you might have an opinion on this as well, is that you mentioned that Luxrama only covers two counties. I say only, it's obviously a significant operation, but two counties are in Pennsylvania. So presumably there must be other local authorities uh, or similar organizations which have a similar 
type of risk profile where a captive should be a good fit, Steve. Do, do you think there's other opportunities for captives to be formed in, in similar organizations such as Lux Pharma across, across kind of state-owned and public entities? Yeah, absolutely, Richard. I think that's something that would be um, we're looking to, to do and uh, reaching out to some to others. And I think just generally, when you look at complex uh, engineered risk, if you will, risk managed accounts like this, th- there is uh, a very active interest in captive formations. Uh, in, you know, in terms of uh, being able to uh, to retain risk in a dedicated fashion. So uh, we have a lot of inquiries coming in from a variety of uh, municipalities and uh, educational uh, institutions, uh, religious institutions, uh, and and other municipal authorities where. We're, we're looking to start to reach out to as well. So I, I'm very optimistic there could be similar formations in the next year or two. And Dan, just to take that on a step further with yourself, is, is this something that kind of captive approach that you'd feel comfortable discussing with your, your peers within other municipalities and organizations similar to yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're all in the same boat here trying to sort through a, a challenging market. There certainly are other regional waste energy facilities, this complex risk in this in this uh, segment of business. But I've also had calls with uh, folks from the West Coast, other municipalities, as the, it's incredible how the word spreads and and kind of goes through the through the industry. But uh, I've had calls with uh, Las Vegas and, and a few others out in the West Coast, um, just asking questions. How do we go about uh, forming forming the captive? What were the challenges? And kind of just supporting our authorities across across the states. Yeah, that's great to hear. And hopefully as well, this this, this podcast episode can help spread that message a little bit further. Um, Sandy, uh, are some of the reasons and, and drivers that Dan and Steve are both outlined there sounding familiar to you uh, in regards to the other new core captive formations you've seen in Vermont over the past year or so? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, I have to say when we educate the public about captives and why they are formed, one of the reasons listed is to access the global reinsurance marketplace. Dan and Steve present a perfect example, an excellent example of a captive solution intended for this purpose. I'm excited to see what transpires for Luxwama. They're they're a perfect candidate with excellent loss control and uh, loss history. You know, plus the just the benefit of having a positive impact on the environment and benefiting the surrounding communities, agricultural businesses, and I just love that you're already talking to other municipalities about what you're doing and how you're addressing your risk. Many of the traditional market coverages are facing major price increases for relatively the same level of risk. I think, again, Dan is a perfect example of that. And further, we're hearing that the reinsurance marketplace is um, has reduced capacity. Uh, so indeed, the story is familiar for many businesses forming captives over the past year or more and continues with our current discussions involving captive solutions. So it feels very customary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that reinsurance point, Sandy, is, is important and one that I'm quite keen to explore a bit further um, on the podcast and in, in the GCP Insights magazine this year, because we, we talk so much about the hardening primary market, but the, the the state of the reinsurance market is extremely important to captives as well. Captives of all sizes access the reinsurance market to varying degrees. So it's something we probably need to explore a bit further on the pod. Steve, as Sandy mentioned, 2020 was a, was a real bumper year for new formations in Vermont and and we've already and we've just heard already 13 new formations in the state as well which is which is really impressive would you expect to see that activity continue throughout 2021 and, and possibly into 2022 as, as this hard market continues yes Richard absolutely we're, we're seeing a very active interest in captive formations and uh, particularly when you're looking at complex property like um, is the case
case with Lixwama. Um, I think there's a variety of factors underway. Uh, certainly, the, the rates uh, in the marketplace and conditions are rates are up, conditions are tightening, but uh, we're also seeing the phenomena of, of certain large global carriers that were providing 100% of programs in many industries suddenly pulling back at, at the renewals, and so uh, that's a, a unique catalyst that's uh, that's happening. And uh, uh, you know, so across a variety of engineered accounts, whether that's uh, chemicals, uh, plastics, uh, you know, on and on, uh, food processing for sure. We're seeing uh, several of those. A lot of interest in doing that. Uh, you know, I think um, organizations, uh, you know, they understand risk retention uh, and they, they see the vehicle as uh, positives around that and, and being able to access reinsurance. So that's uh, it was a message, uh, frankly, even in, in the soft market that was resonating well. But I think particularly now we're seeing um, just a lot of uh, interest in, um, you know, we at Artex work in all domiciles. Uh, myself personally, I've worked for, with Vermont quite a bit over the last uh, couple decades. And uh, we just find that uh, they're very uh, responsive. Um, you know, they, they take an active interest in the captive applications and uh, couldn't be uh, better to work with. So, Sandy, just to finish then, you, get, you gave us a teaser that you've already had 13 uh, formations this year and, and, and more in the pipeline as well. Could you give us any kind of insight into or, or nuggets of particularly interesting or, or different types of inquiries or, or formations you've already done this year? Sure. Yeah. So far, our new business inquiries have not slowed down for Vermont. There are really many general questions arriving in our queues almost on a daily basis regarding captives and formation opportunities. On average, we're holding one or two prospect meetings a week and anticipate they'll generate application filings. Companies seeking captive solutions are always interesting what they do and how they address risk, what they are looking to place into their captive programs primarily aligns with most of the new captive business we've seen in the last year or more. There are a few outliers, I'd say, certainly with the transportation industry and long-term care facilities needing solutions. I'm sure there will be interesting stories to share further in the near future, though. Well, thank you to Sandy, Dan and Steve for a very informative 20 minutes. I found the Luxrama story fascinating and a great demonstration of the diverse range of organisations that form captives in Vermont. For more information on all of our speakers, please do visit the guest page on globalcaptivepodcast.com. There are profiles of over 100 guests who have appeared on the podcast over the last two years and for more information on the state of vermont do check out their friend of the podcast page on the website as well and there are links in the episode description in the meantime stay safe stay well and see you next time captives Mm